coming up in today's episode. I was traveling a lot. My family started withdrawing. And I thought, man, if I were to go down on this plane right now, that would be the last feeling I got from my family. And that day I downloaded a book and I started listening. Welcome to episode 85 of Enter the Mind podcast, the most real talk, no nonsense podcast on the empowering of the mind. In today's episode, we'll be interviewing David McBee, internet marketing expert and author of children's books where he teaches personal development through adventures. Um, so David, can we just start off there and tell us what are these books about and what do they teach? Well, the name of the series is DJ's Off-Road Adventures, and they're all about some little trucks uh, that they have. They have eyes and the, the trucks are the characters, right? And they go off-roading or they go out into the wilderness, up on mountains, things like that. And they have these experiences where they um, they have they overcome fear or they find people in need and they help the people in need and they work as a team. Um, and then I'm working on a third book that's all about some really awful girls picking on another girl because that happens. Uh, that happened to my daughter in social media. So that kind of inspired that one um, and how females can stand up for other females. So they're, they're big ideas. But they're uh, they're made so that children can can get this idea. Oh, face your fears! And I had I had one little boy say, "I want to face my fears today, just like DJ the the blue truck." You know, um, so that's the concept. Is these little characters go on adventures? They have these experiences, and they bring out the best in one another. And that is hopefully inspiring children to do the same thing. What age are these books designed for? Just about any child in elementary school is kind of enjoying them. Obviously, kindergartners, first graders, they're not reading them themselves. Someone's reading them to them, but they, they love the color and the pictures and the characters and things like that. And it's funny, I, I never really intended to write uh, self-help books for children. That wasn't really the goal. That just kind of is, I grew up on self-help books. I grew up on personal development, and I guess that permeated into the books as I wrote them. Well, do you remember what inspired you to start writing these books in the first place? Well, honestly, it was a real true live experience that I had. So here's the story. I, um, I was getting some new parts on my Jeep and, uh, met a guy at the place and he goes, is that your Jeep back there? And I was like, yeah, that's my Jeep. He goes, you want to go to my wedding? And I was like, <laughs> out of left field. I was like, that's very random. You what do you mean? He's like, well, the thing is, I'm getting married at the top of a mountain in Colorado, and we can't get all the guests there and the photographer and everyone, and your vehicle can get there. And if you want to come along with us, you're welcome. And I was like, that sounds cool. I'll go. But I really didn't know what I was in for. I'm not afraid of heights, but I'm afraid of shelf roads, right? So when you're driving along and there's just like a drop off, that just, uh, it's making my heart pitter patter right now. Just thinking about, look, I'm yeah, me too. That's, that's how scared I am of shelf roads. It's a true phobia. And so we get out to uh, Moab, Utah, and this is where the Jeeps all go into the desert and they play. And uh, the very first trail he took me on was a trail called hell's revenge. <laughs> Sounds very fun for children, doesn't it? And so we start driving up this, what's called a fin. And I, the best way to explain it is imagine a Hot Wheel toy driving up the back of a dinosaur toy. 
Okay. It's about a 70 foot drop on the left, 70 foot drop on the right. And it's all, you know, it's crooked. I'm like the Jeep's going left and right. And I just freaked out. Like I couldn't breathe. My hands were shaking. I was feeling pins and needles in my face and hands. So I put the car in park and I was like, I can't, I, I, I don't know what I can't. And there's no going backwards. Like what's your on it. And what happened was really kind of special. I didn't know these people that well. I had known them for a few weeks at this point. The guy in front of me got out of his Jeep, walked back to me. The guy behind me got out of his Jeep, walked up to me and they stood right there by my driver's side door. And they were like, this, it's all good, man. We've all been here. You got this. You can do this. It's safe. And, and it was almost like an emotional holding of the hands. Right. And I got over this huge obstacle and, and it was the greatest feeling. Like if you have ever faced one of your biggest fears in the moment, it's scary as hell. But once you accomplish it, it becomes one of those permanently ingrained memories in your head that you'll never, ever forget for your whole life. Right. But when I got home, I would tell people that story, just as I shared it with the, with you guys just now. And they said, well, that, that's a great story. That sounds like a, a be a good thing for a children's book. And I was like, oh, whatever, shut up. But then that idea just, somebody put that seed in there and just started to sprout roots. And then it started to, to grow a little, you know, leaves. And I was like, I got to do this. And so that was the, the whole inspiration for DJ's off-road adventure. The first book is called DJ Faces His Fear. And it's about this little truck that goes up on this exact same obstacle, has a panic attack, and his friends kind of come to his rescue. The fact that you literally were just parking your Jeep and these people are just inviting you all of a sudden to come to their wedding, like that's that was set up by the universe. There's no way. I never really thought about it like that, but that moment actually changed the whole trajectory of my life. Since then, it's been three years or so, um, I've written two books. I've been out to Moab with this same group a couple of times and Colorado. Um, heading back there again this summer. I have built my Jeep up like crazy. My wife bought a Jeep. My daughter bought a Jeep. We go to the Jeep events. This is my whole community now. Let's talk personal development a bit here because it sounds like it's been a big part of your life. Um, how has it influenced you over the years? Oh, I think that it is ingrained in me as much as breathing, honestly. Like I've been reading personal development books since I was in my early 20s. Uh, my first book was uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, right? And then Dale I did. Carnegie. Yep. And then I did. Uh, Og Mandino writes these wonderful stories that aren't, they don't feel like self help, but they totally are. Feeding your mind with positive content, whether it's a book or an audiobook or uh, a podcast, I believe that it is as essential as vitamins and minerals, and it's as essential as exercise. And when you take that out of your diet, if you will, your, your life, your value, all those things that are important to you, they decrease. Just like if you were to not get on the treadmill for, you know, 10 months, you might gain 15 pounds of blubber. If you don't read for 10 or 15 months, you're going to gain 15 pounds of blubber in your head and in your heart. And I truly believe that they are absolutely essential to keeping your mental strength and being happy. Could you give us like a plate of 
your everyday thoughts. If you could open up my forehead and, and see that, it, you would see a battle between, oh my God, how do you have so many bills? Where's the money going to come from? How are we going to put my daughter through college? Is my, is my son really happy? Can I really, am I helping him with his path? Um, oh my gosh, all the crap my wife is dealing with at school. There's 28 days of school left. Please, God, let summer get here. Those, that's on one half, right? And the other half is don't sweat the small stuff. All that is small stuff. None of that really matters. It's all going to work out. Your kids are beautiful and smart and happy. And there's always enough money. Even when you're struggling, it, it, it's there. It comes like, it's kind of this, it's like, oh my God, all the crap is coming. And then it's like, yeah, but it's going to be okay. Like that's all going on in my head. But really, I think the, the, the takeaway is everything's going to be okay. Like anytime I'm feeling the stress, it's like, it's going to be okay. So Kira, I don't think, oh, I need to listen to a book. Yes, sometimes I'll do that. I'll be like, I really need to. Um, it's been a little while. Right now I'm stuck in this fictional world. I'm on book four of seven. And so I haven't been reading self-help in the way I should, right? Do you ever like read your fiction books and like learn from them though? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, um, I was dealing with something recently and this isn't a, a fictional book, but um, my daughter is kind of freaking awesome. Like she's one of those just... She does it all and everything she does, she does well. And most people just adore the hell out of her, right? But there is the occasional person that really just can't stand her because she's so awesome. You know, you know the type, right? Like they just, there's no real thing that Zoe ever did to this person, but they don't like her because it's probably their own jealousy or insecurities, right? And, uh, I was watching Toy Story after having this conversation with my daughter, and I realized that that is exactly the scenario that Woody had with Buzz when Buzz came along, right? Buzz is this awesome toy. Everybody's loving him. Buzz has been nice to everybody, but Woody can't stand him. But it's really not about anything that Buzz did, right? Buzz had nothing to do with why Woody hated him. It was all Woody. And so I really wanted to tell this story, like, Zoe, you're, you're the Buzz Lightyear, right? You just be as awesome as you are, right? And in the meantime, there's going to be Woodies that don't like you because of it, but there's just nothing you can do about that. So absolutely, those lessons aren't just in personal development books. They're everywhere if you pay attention to them. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm hoping the DJ books do, right? That that nobody's going to buy my book because it's a personal development book for <laughs> elementary kids. They're going to buy it because there's this really cool blue truck on the front cover and he's got eyes and he's smiling and it's about it's his adventure, right? But then as they get through the pages, they're like, oh, well, he really had an experience. His friends came to his rescue. He went to this top of this mountain. It was the most beautiful moment in his life. And, and you can do that too. You can face your fears as well. So that's, I absolutely believe there's self-improvement and self-help lessons everywhere you look. I love that. It almost seems like someone can never go wrong studying personal development and growing. But you did mention um, through our email exchange that there was a downside to really indulging in personal development. Could you go into that? You've got a couple. 
and they've been sitting on the couch, you know, for 15 years, whatever it is, they're, they're perfectly happy. But then one of the couple decides they want to, I don't know, go kayaking and go camping and eat healthier, right? There becomes this, this small divide that kind of happens. Now a healthy couple can overcome that. You can have differing interests as a couple. I'm not saying you can't, right? But if one person is constantly growing and trying to improve themselves and the other person is a perfectly happy the way they are, there can be a little bit of resentment, right? And the resentment could be, I resent you for growing and trying to inspire me to constantly grow. Or the resentment can be, I resent that you're not wanting to grow with me. Come with me, you know, come with me on this personal development journey, right? And for me, I've always tried to find that balance. I really encourage my kids to read. I, I try to get them to listen to audiobooks or podcasts. And I, I, I try to encourage my wife. And when she's struggling, I always feel like I have a solution. You know, this is, this is the real problem. When she tells me about something that she's dealing with, and I have just read about that solution, I want to tell her about it. I want to come to her rescue. I want to help her deal with the issues she's dealing with. But what she really needs is for me to shut up and listen. I should have been a better listener. Um, and it's not my, just my wife. It could be anyone. It could be my mother. You know, She's struggling with whatever. And I'm like, hey, mom, I, I read this book recently. It's exactly what you need. Will you listen? There's no way in a million years she'll read it. She just won't. So I don't know the answer. And if some of your listeners have the answer, if they've had this experience, have them reach out to me because it's something that I am still trying to figure out. So in, in some of your other interviews, um, you mentioned the story of reaching a point where you were, I think, so involved with your working career that it was making you irritable and uh, taking away from your family time. And I think that's a situation a lot of people could relate to. So do you mind telling that story and sort of what, what you were able to learn from that experience? And this is where the uh, interview takes a turn for the more serious. Basically what happened was I was traveling a lot. I was very, very focused on my work. I love my work. I love what I do. And I wasn't feeling as appreciated by my family as I would have hoped. And I was really letting the little things just bother me. For example, I might ask my daughter, please turn your lights off. You know, just, just turn your lights off. You leave them on every day. Right. And it's, it's not a big deal, but when she would leave them on, I didn't just see lights that were on. I saw disrespect. I saw someone who couldn't uh, appreciate her father who loves and cares for her, asking her to do something that was important to me and her just not doing a little thing, you know, or I would go off on one of these trips and, and you spend two days in a, a beautiful Marriott. You've got housekeepers cleaning up after you. Everything is perfect. And my OCD just loves every second of that. And I come home and the house is just destroyed you know, blankets on the floor, footstools left up, <laughs> lights on, like dirty dishes in the sink. And it would just irritate me so much. And what happened, Robert, was my family started withdrawing. They were, uh, they were afraid 
of every little thing that might come out of my mouth. I might yell at them. I might uh, scold them. I might nag them. And they were all walking on eggshells around me. And so I would just go to my office and I would work. And then one day I was getting ready to leave to go get on a plane for another trip. And they were all sitting in the kitchen around the island. And I was like, bye guys, I'm leaving. And they were polite and my wife kissed me on the cheek, but they, they, they weren't sad to see me go. I got the sense that they were happy that I was going to be gone for the next three days because this nagging monster would be out of their lives for a few days. And I was on the plane and I don't know what it is about airplanes. It kind of makes you evaluate your life because you might die. And I thought, man, if I were to, if I were to go down on this plane right now, that would be the last feeling I got from my family. And that would be the last feeling they got from me. And I, that that's got to change. That is a terrible version of myself. And it was at this point in my life, Robert, I hadn't read self-improvement books for years. It, it was the longest dry spell I had gone in for a while. And so I said, what is, what has changed in my life? And that day I downloaded a book and I started listening. And I think it was, uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. If you haven't read that one, great book. It's like the modern day version of don't sweat the small stuff. For me, it was exactly what I needed. I was putting so much time and energy into my work and career that I needed to just take a step back and I continue to excel at my job. Don't get me wrong, but it isn't my highest priority. Like it was in that, in that time period of my life. So I started listening to books over and over and over and little by little, I got better and all the relationships in my family got better, including the one with my mother-in-law, like everything improved. And I did something kind of interesting during this time period. It was about an eight month time period. I started journaling and I would say, Hey, this is the book I read. This is the lesson I learned from that book. And this is the experience that I had with my family after learning that lesson. And that became my actual self-improvement book, Everyday Lessons Every Day. It's about the lessons I learned every day and how I implemented them in my life. And at the end of the eight-month journey, like I had turned everything around, everything around. Now, I'm not saying everything in my life is perfect, but it's way better and when things go south, I know exactly what the key is, what the solution is, is to get back into those books and remind myself how to be the better version of myself. So what were some of these small things that you did differently that added up over time to make a big difference? Well, the main thing was not getting so irritated about little stuff. Like, who cares if a light is on? I'm financially okay. And my light bill is going to be what? $10 more. If my daughter leaves those lights on all the time. So what is it worth $10 to me to not create this friction in my relationship? Absolutely. Like don't sweat that small stuff. Right. Or there are two kinds of people in the world. There are people who think the world is there to help them. And there are people who think the world is out to get them. There are some people who when they, they get an email and the email is, it could be a mean email or it could be just a, a, a question or a statement, they see the meanness in there that may or may not be there. My favorite one was um, one day I decided to act like my dogs. I thought, man, my dogs are the best. They're the only ones who like me when I get home from these trips, right? 
And what is it that they're doing? So when my daughter came home from school, I just ran up to her. I was like, oh, how was school today? And I started wagging my butt. And I was like, oh, tell me about your day. What was your day like? And I pretended to be a dog. And she's like, whoa, dad, the energy. But she laughed and she giggled. And it was like one of the best moments of, you know, a, a reconnection. And it was all because of something silly, like learn from your dog. Your dog is filled with love. They have no resentment. They have no other needs except to love you. And so that for that whole day, I acted like a dog. I dare you try it. Act like the dog when your family gets home, they'll, they'll just eat it up. I think that was a great example of asking yourself like, Hey, what can I do differently? I can be more excited when my family comes home and you tried that and you got a result. You kind of nailed it. The, the, I guess what I should have said was the number one lesson was I can't change them. I could only change me. But when I change me, I change the relationship. Would you consider yourself a great thinker? Do you find yourself maybe philosophical? Yeah, I, uh, I do not consider myself a thinker. In the summer, it's a little better. I do like to go sit by my campfire. And just think, you know, just sit there by the campfire and think. But I'm not really philosophizing. I'm not, I guess I'm not a big thinker. I just am a doer. And, and then when I'm out there doing that, I'm just relaxing and, and observing the world. What would you say just in life is your philosophy? Have you happened to notice this tattoo during our interview? No. Uh, this says, be awesome. It's in my daughter's handwriting, and she has the same uh, saying on her wrist in my handwriting. Uh, be awesome has been my philosophy for many, many years. Like, why be anything else? If you're in an argument with someone, be awesome during that moment. It's your best opportunity to be the best version of yourself. So, uh, so yeah, be awesome is my philosophy. Uh, I love that. I love it. So, David, if the audience would like to learn more about you, how can they do so? Well, um, hopefully they're interested in these DJ books. If they are, that's, uh, that's an easy thing to find. It's djsoffroadadventures.com, um, or it's on Amazon. Um, if they're more interested in my journey, my personal improvement journey, that is everydaylessonseveryday.com, or everydaylessonseveryday on Amazon. And if they just want to learn about me, I'm a internet marketing guru. So you can just look me up, David McBee. I'm all over that first page of Google. So um, lots of lots of ways to find me. I'm not hiding. So awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. This was such an enjoyable conversation, and there's much much to learn. So thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. I really enjoyed this talk. Did you find at least one gold nugget in today's episode? Then please like and subscribe and share it with a friend. And finally, if you're looking for a community of like-minded people, join our free Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash enter the mind.